Destination Morocco is excited to announce our new supporters platform where you can show your support for the podcast. Since early 2022, we have delighted in sharing with you the best of Morocco. Great travel advice, cultural insights, conversations with fellow travelers, and our own personal recommendations drawn from a lifetime of experiences. After all, we are proudly Moroccan-owned and operated with the mission to be genuine and trustworthy leaders in Moroccan tourism. Now, you can contribute directly to the podcast and help us continue this mission. Whether five, eight, or ten dollars, a one-time or a monthly commitment, your support is greatly appreciated and keeps the podcast going strong. Follow the link in the podcast show notes or go to coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com and simply search for the word Morocco. See you there. Destination Morocco podcast, the show that takes you away to the beautiful country of Morocco. I am your host, Azadine El Mustakim. In each episode, we explore Moroccan culture, history, attractions, and activities, real and practical information coming from experienced travelers and native Moroccans like myself. Our goal is to help travelers that are struggling with planning any type of trip to Morocco. Our company, Destination Morocco, builds personalized tour packages that will ensure you enjoy our country just like a local. Follow us at destinationmorocco.co. And now, let's go exploring. Welcome to our podcast. In today's episode, we will be talking with Xavier Panades Benolier. He's the owner of Riyadh Zahra, and he will be helping us explore the amazing city of Essaouira. Essaouira, or Sawira, was established in the mid-18th century and became a symbol of tolerance with Jews and Muslims coexisting in a peaceful community. The population of Essaouira back at the time consisted of more than 40% of Jews that had the Millah, the Jewish quarter, as their shelter under the protection of the Sultan himself. In fact, drawing the Star of David above the doorways of homes is still an existing tradition in the Jewish area that even non-Jews sometimes practice. Every year, in September, Jews from around the globe come to Isawara for their annual pilgrimage to visit the tomb of Rabbi Haim Pinto, who passed away in 1845 and whose home is currently preserved as a historic and religious site. The Walled Medina of Isawara is a UNESCO World Heritage Site and is an example of well-preserved European military architecture in North Africa. Strolling along the narrow alleyways of the Medina, haggling with the street vendors, and clicking those whitewashed houses with ornate wooden doors can be a great way to get lost into this beach town. This very location was used to film the 1952 classic Orson Welles' Othello. Essaouira is where Queen 
Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones met her loyal army for the first time. And this is where global tourists can experience a slice of coastal Morocco with historic ramparts along with rich culture and heritage. Xavier, welcome to our podcast. And I'm so excited to learn more about you, about Riyadh Zahra and the hidden gems of Isawira. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm very glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Xavier. So I see that you were born in Morocco, then you lived in Spain, and then you came back to Morocco. Can you give us a little bit of your story? Yes. My mother was Moroccan, Moroccan family, and uh, I born in Tangier. My father was Spanish from Barcelona. And then in 1962, we left Morocco to go to Barcelona. I'm growing up in Barcelona until 22 years old. My university in Barcelona also. Excellent. So what got you interested in becoming a Riyadh owner? You started as just organizing tours. If you can walk us through that experience, please, Xavier. Yes, I discovered, I really discovered my country because I came with a group of friends to Morocco with four-wheel drive. Drove about 6,000 kilometers here in Morocco from the Atlas Mountains, the desert, the, the, the Mediterranean Sea, the, the Atlantic Ocean. I will start a new business and came every two or three months with uh, groups for wheel drives to Morocco to discover the country. This is uh, my first contact with Morocco. Oh, nice, nice. So when you book those tours and those trips, back then there's not a lot of technology. So I imagine it was kind of hard. Can you walk us through that process? And also, if you can give us an idea of the stops that you would make. I know you said 6,000 kilometers. That's a lot of driving. Yes, it's true. In the, in the past, no internet, no smartphones, no GPS, and uh, only the normal books and the cars in paper, oh, wow. uh, the maps in, in paper. And uh, we start to discover. And then uh, 20 years later, now I am discovering two mm. places again. Because oh, wow. this country is, uh, have a lot of sacred places around the country. And then uh, any trip, we, we discovered one new hotel because it was not easy. Because the, in some places, no hotel, no guest houses. Only you can to go to the small village and talk with the people. If it's possible to sleep at your home. Oh, wow. and Morocco is a, is a very special country. Nobody says, I That's don't nice. have a place for you. <laughs> so basically, if there's no hotels, there's no riyads. It's like a homestay. So you'll stay with one of the locals and they'll invite you in and you spend the night or two days and then you go off and finish your itinerary. Yes, yes. We start to go to sleep to the local population. And yes. then when you go to the desert, you had in the past nomads with the Berber tans. Yes. You have some, some young people starting with the Berber camps for the travelers and no toilets, no water, no electricity. Oh, wow. But was part of the trip uh, wow. in Morocco. That reminds me of my childhood. That's how we grew up in the village, in Tluet. I do remember as a kid, we'd have sometimes stranded tourists because we are at the dead end of all the villages. And when we see somebody, we know they are stuck. We host them for a couple of days. Of course, nobody pays anything. So they just stay with us. And I remember one time, I think I was maybe 12 or 13 years old, and this French gentleman, he got injured. So he twisted his ankle. So he stayed with us for about two weeks until he healed. And it was really, really hard for him to go back to France because everybody got used to him. He became part of the village. 
I remember he was very happy and he had so much fun. That's one of the amazing things about Morocco. When you go to the villages, life is a little different. People are a little different. There's a little bit more hospitality. And tell us a little bit more, Xavier, please. Yeah, yeah, of course. In any village, when only you stop two minutes and you have somebody coming to welcome you and uh, to say, come to my home to drink mint tea, anywhere, anywhere, every time. Yes, that's amazing. I also remember when I go in the summertime to the village, you know, if you're walking from the, the beginning or the first end of the village to the, to the end of the village, you know, you have to go in. I mean, people will ask you, you'll have a mint tea at least seven times within maybe 35 or 45 minutes. And the thing is, the culture in the mountains, if you say no, they, take it, they get really upset. So mm. you can't really say no. So a mint tea, you just go in and at least take little sips and excuse yourself and say, hey, you know, I really have to go. Then as soon as you leave that house, somebody else will say, we'll grab you and take you into the other house. It's incredible culture. It is. And also, if you ask to go with somebody and you start with mint tea, and when you say, okay, I'm, I'm going, we are leaving. No, 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 no. The Lunch is coming. Yeah. Because is coming. What the couscous is coming? Yeah, that, that's the Berber culture. That's that's yes. what a lot of people don't get to experience. And mm-hmm. and hopefully when they book a stay at a village or a homestay, they will immerse themselves in that Berber culture. Yeah, yes, these people is very friendly. Also, they have a spectacular landscapes. Oh my and god, yes. They're living with the minimum and they're happy. And absolutely. they are happy to be happy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now you started organizing bike tours or quad tours in Morocco from Tangier all the way to the desert and back on the West Coast and back to Tangier. What made you interested or how the opportunity came about to owning Riyadh Zahra? If you can tell us the story behind it. Yes, the first time we were in Sawira was uh, when we arrived to the beach and the walls at the end of the beach was a very special thing. All the people in Morocco, it's very kind and very helpful. But Esawira was a special city. The people was more much than the rest of Morocco. <laughs> in every trip, I add Esawira in the part of the trip, obligatory. I and see. then from Esawira to go to Tangier to get the boat, to go to Spain. And with my wife, one day, if we are leaving Europe, maybe Esawira is a nice place to live. Oh, wow. Casually, we found one Moroccan man married with a Canadian woman, start to build Riyadh Zara. The temperatures are not really, really hot in Esawira. It's a temperate climate with a lot of wind in summer. And they decide to sell the Riyadh. And oh, wow. we were here. <laughs> we oh, were that's here. amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, Sawira is also called the windy city of Morocco. Um, yeah. And that's the reason why a lot of people, especially in the summertime, they just flock to Esawira, especially in the September month, because you have the International Music Festival, the Gnawa Festival, then you have the Jewish Festival. So it's incredible. And it gets really crowded and busy and very happening during the summertime. And it's very popular internationally and also locally. And they have the international surf competition as well. So there's always something to do in Isawara. When we talk about Isawara, we cannot just talk about it as a city, but we also have to include the rich Jewish heritage of Esawira. If you can tell us a little bit more about that, Xavier. Yes, exactly. This city was started with the Moulay Ben Abdullah, was the last sultan in the region, and they have a vision to have business with America. 
And he calls the Jewish people living in Morocco to come to Sawira to start this business. In the 1770s, the Jewish population was more much than the Muslim population. Oh, wow. Was more much uh, Jewish than, than Muslim, and they start and living together for centuries. Then the Portuguese people are coming, and they live the three cultures: the Catholics and the Jewish and Muslims together for a long period. So now you have three synagogues, one church, and nice. of course the, the mosque. Uh, the people here in Sawir is a very open-minded thing. It's, it's due to this history, to this long history of mix, and it's a very tolerant people. Nobody asks you where you come from or which yes. is your, your religion. For them, it's not important. Yeah, that's how I grew up as well. We're just the same. We're all Moroccans. There's no division between us. And we live in harmony. And it's really a beautiful thing, really. Uh, nowadays, more than ever, especially right now, there's about 200,000 Jewish people from Israel that are expected to visit Morocco from now until the rest of the year. I'm in contact with Morocco almost every day. And they're doing a lot of weddings, Jewish weddings in Marrakesh, in Fas, and especially in Sawara, all the Jewish hubs. So it's going to be very busy. A lot of Moroccans are coming back. Jewish Moroccans are coming back. So now I'm going to switch a little bit of gears. I saw your Riyadh and I fell in love with it. I love Riyadh Zahra. It is an amazing venue. It is in a prime, prime location right at the coast. I mean, the view from the Riyadh is just incredible. And then I was looking at your dishes and the foods. You know, we love the food. I mean, Moroccans, we do eat quite a bit. I mean, we eat, I would say, all the time and every day and all day. And what struck me is the infusion that you have. Your food is very different than anybody else. And it's very special and more special than anybody else. The reason is because I see the Moroccan cuisine but I also see it with the infusion of Spanish cuisine as well. So it's getting the best of two cuisines in two words. I've never heard of il tagine until I saw you making it on your website and your social media. And then to top it off, you have an octopus tagine, which I have never heard of. So can you walk us through the food? Because I know a lot of people go to Morocco because of the food and they love doing cooking classes and, and stuff like that. Yes, we, we can to start and say they use always the local products and the products of the season. And this is yeah. very important. If you want to eat strawberries in October, it's not possible. There's a lot of varieties in this gastronomy. Sometimes we adapt some recipes from Spain, but cook it at the Moroccan uh, style. Style, with the tagines, Because uh, to cook the food in the tagines are very healthy because it's not with a lot of oil. Yes. It's, uh, it's very healthy. And I have some mix with, for uh, example, uh, octopus tagine. Normally in Spain, this plate is more much fried in sauce. I and see. the cooked in the tagine is not so hard. It's very good because you have all the powers, but it's not hard like cooking in the oil. I know one thing for us locals. There are two cities, especially in Marrakech, that we talk about when it comes to fish and especially sardine. The first one is Asfi, Safi, and then the second one is Swera. So if you go to Swera, you have to go to the fish market. The fish market is just, it's, it's one of the best in Morocco. And I understand Riyadh Zahra is very close to the fish market. So basically, everything you have is the catch of the day. And that's basically what the client will get. Very fresh vegetables, very fresh seafood. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about that and also emphasize on the importance of the fish market, for example? What's the best time and what's the process if a tourist want to go to the fish market and have some samples of fish and what type of fish would they find at the uh, fish market? Yes, the fish market uh, is very picturesque and uh, it's incredible. You go to the fish market around 11 a.m. and nobody see you, nobody talk with you and <laughs> you see all the sardines are coming, but you have all, you have uh, small sharks, you have swordfish, you have uh, bluefin, you have sardines, you have uh, shrimps, squites, cuttlefish. You have uh, a lot. And then you have a lot of people sell the fish just driving from the boats. I and see. You can, you can to buy your fish and you have people can cook on the charcoals at the moment. On the spot. Yes, yes, the fish is really fresh. And then you have outside the port, you have a lot of uh, small places and you have all the fish. You choose your fish, have a big plate, and uh, they cook for you with tables and chairs. Nice. So they'll cook the fish for you, then they'll serve you, you know, normally with bread and, and soft drinks and then yes, yes, some local yes. salads. Oh, I miss those yes, salads. And, oh, my goodness. And, yes, I remember and, the, and salads. the Moroccan salads. Yes, oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. It's every, every, every day. <laughs> every day, every time. <laughs> it's very delicious. I really, it's, it's very nice. A lot of good memories. Yeah. In your Riyadh, how many people can it host? Escape to the exotic beauty of Morocco with our exclusive small group tours. Experience intimate group sizes that ensure personalized attention and unforgettable adventures. From the enchanting streets of Marrakesh to the serene beauty of the Sahara Desert. Forge friendships that last a lifetime while immersing yourself in Morocco's rich culture, vibrant traditions, and warm hospitality. Book your small group tour with Destination Morocco today. Experience the intimacy of a private tour at an affordable price. Go to our website, destinationsmorocco.com, that's destinations with an S, morocco.com, and reserve your spot today. We have 23 rooms. About 50, 60 people can to stay at okay. the same time. And then, yes, from the, you can go to the port. And then you can go to visit the walls in the Medina. Because the port is just attached to the Medina. Oh, together. I see. Yeah, okay. You can go from the port to the Medina and visit the walls. The walls is a very nice place. So you have uh, one episode of uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones, yes. Yeah. In these walls. Uh, very nice place also. absolutely absolutely and also i, I know Sawara. it's uh, in terms of craftsmanship the moroccan craftsmanship Sawara and um, well first in marrakesh but Sawara especially is well known for its wooden craft and small bazaars can you tell us a little bit more about that yes here you have two things really really specially from a Sawira. the wood tuya wood is the name of the, the name. tree tuya and then you have also the argan trees, the argan trees for the oil. And you have a lot of also shops in Esawira selling this oil. This tree is a very long growing, handmade, the oil, very long yes. process. Yeah. This oil is very expensive at this moment because you have two, three years, dry, dry yes. years, and the yeah. trees are not give a lot of fruits. But this is the two most important things in the Esawira Medina. Okay. 
just to give people perspective with the Argan trees, they are very special. They are only grown in a small region between Essaouira and Agadir, which is a coastal little bit of dry weather. But also for an Argan tree to give its fruits, it's got to be an average of 500 years to be fully grown. And it's very, very, very special. So when you're talking about the women cooperative, I know that they are selling the Argan oil. It's still kind of cheap for us in the US because in the US, the price is a lot higher. But also in one of the previous episodes, I spoke about scams and I could not cover all the scams in one episode. And each city in each product has its own fair share of scams. So I know me as a local and growing up in Morocco, when it comes to buying argan oil, olive oil, and also Moroccan honey, you get scammed most of the time, unless you know somebody. Can you tell us a little bit about those scams, especially when it comes to argan oil, because it is the most expensive? Yes, you have always people want to have money easy. These people are not honest and mix with another oil or cut the oil. Generally, this oil in the cooperatives, in the really cooperatives, the price is around 30 euros per liter. Okay. That's the equivalent to about $50 to a liter. This is the really cost. The cost for us when you found the good oil. Now Morocco starts a very big project to give a label, a quality label for this oil. Okay. The olive oil is not the same problem because the olive oil is not too expensive and it's not uh, interesting. And the honey also, the, the Moroccan honey is uh, very expensive and it's not too much. And also a lot of scams when you found sellers on the... Especially on the in the mountains, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. If you go to the small villages and buy directly to the... Locals. The farmers, to the locals, yeah. the product is very nice and it's very cheap. And the argan oil here is easy to find. And I think with these labels, now will be better. Will be okay. Better. So basically what you're saying is the government is getting involved in protection of the consumers and the tourists. If they want to buy argan oil, it's going to have a special label that it's 100% organic and it's 100% real argan oil and it's not mixed with any other ingredients. Exactly. That's really good. It's important because it's the only richness in this area. Yes. And if it's not serious, a lot of people don't have work. I see. I'm going to go back to Riyadh Zahra. It's small. It's very homey. Now, when it comes to food, I know seafood, it's major, especially in a coastal area like Sawira. But also, let's say you have guests and they have some food restrictions and they just want to eat something vegetable or just vegetable dishes. And you have vegans. They just want to eat some vegan food. Can you accommodate those guests at your Riyadh, Xavier? Yeah, yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, in Morocco, to work with the vegetables is not a problem. You have a lot. You have all kinds of vegetables. We have a lot of vegetarians and vegans, and it's not a problem because the tagine is possible to do only veggies tagine, or you have the veggie couscous without uh, chicken. Okay. And no, for that, it's not a problem. Okay. Uh, now, do you do any type of events at your Riyadh? Uh, yes, yes, we can organize. When we have groups, we organize also a typical dinner or a typical couscous with three our persons coming here to oh, wow. play some music. Some Nawa music. Nice. Sometimes in summer, we organize that by the pool. Or in winter, we can organize inside. Inside, but, indoors. Yes, but by the pool, it's very spectacular. 
Do you do any day activities? For example, you or your son, do you organize like quads on the beach or horses on the beach or surfing or surfing classes or camels on the beach? Do you do any type of activities like this for your guests? Of course, uh, for us, it's very important when we back with a lot of memories, uh, good memories, good pictures. I know we organize for them uh, visits to the local markets at about uh, 30 kilometers from here or go to, uh, uh, and organize also visits to the really, really Argan cooperatives. Then okay. for the other people who don't want to go outside, we can organize also the camel rides, horse rides, uh, to with the sunset, windsurf, to have quad biking also. We organize the visits in the Medina with the history. Now we have a lot of Jewish people coming with these new flights and uh, organize the visits to explain all the history, the Jewish history, because this Medina, some parts you have the part and the port, you have yeah. the Jewish area. Yeah, the Jewish quarter. Exactly, the, the Mela is the Jewish area, and then you have the rest of the Medina. Mm. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of uh, things to do here to in Saudi and around. Okay, that's amazing. Even though Saudi is still kind of a small city, just to let the audience know, it's about 80,000 people, is that correct? Xavier? Yes, about, yes, around. Yeah, about 80,000 people. And it's a small city, coastal. It's really, really, really nice, especially during the summertime where Morocco, everywhere is mostly hot. Uh, Saura is definitely the place to be. So let's say if I'm visiting Saura or somebody wants to come and stay with you in a Saura house, what would you recommend? Is one day enough? Is it two days or is it three days? Really to visit Saura, three days is perfect. Okay. One day is too short. One day is only the really, really fast tourist visit. Just half an hour, one hour in the Medina, one hour, two hours in the beach. It's four or five hours, half day. You have your lunch and the day is finished. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yes. Two days I, is okay yes. if you want to stay in the Medina without activities. And three days if you want one really, really special activity here in Esauira is the right uh, horse or camel. In yes. The sunset. Yeah. The sunsets in Isawira are wonderful and uh, it's a really magical experience. Yes, it looks amazing. You have a camera at your right that looks right at the beach. I mean, uh, yes. the view is just, it's unbelievable. And it's on your website, just in case for people to check it out. So we will have on the show notes, everything that it's related to Riyadh Zahra and it's related to Xavier, all your social media, Facebook, Instagram, everything that you have. Is there anything else that you want to tell the listeners, but I haven't had a chance to ask you. I can't to talk about the Sawira for days and weeks <laughs> and months. <laughs> because this city is a really, really special city. Come and see. And uh, I know in 16 years now, it's a very safe city. The cars are open, the doors and the houses are open. Nobody touched you in the Medina. Never in 16 years living here. We have a tourist came with a, a problem with stolen or aggressed. Never. Oh, wow. Oh, Never. Wow. This city is incredible. And here the most nice to do is go to the Medina and contact the people to drink tea with the owner of the uh, one bazarist, yeah. the shops. And then you can finish to eat the couscous at home of this person. And you don't buy nothing. Only for the pleasure. <laughs> so, Only so... for the pleasure. <laughs> So you just walk in the Medina in a souk and it's it's a cultural thing. So people will invite you, of course, they always do a cup of tea. So you go in, you drink a cup of tea, but then even though you don't buy anything, that gentleman, the bazaar owner, they'll invite you to their house to have some couscous or lunch. Yes, yes, That's yes, incredible. Yes. That's incredible. And now it's Ramadan, is coming. 
Ramadan is a special time again, because you go to the Medina, you go at uh, four or five in the afternoon, and you talk with one person, and you are invited obligatory to go to <laughs> make the Ramadan the same evening. Same day, yeah. With them. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's funny. I just did an episode about Ramadan because there's a lot of misconception and a lot of people, they are scared, they are skeptical. They don't know a lot of things. When I do my homework, even though I know my culture and even though I'm not really a religious person, but I know the basics of things, I see a lot of misinformation online. And sometimes it's, for me, it's really hurtful and I don't like it. So that's the reason that really motivates me to do more and give some really valuable content to the listeners. Everybody's familiar now with Ramadan, but they don't know the details. And Ramadan in Morocco is very different anywhere else. I know for a fact, different than the US. And I've been in the US since 95. We're very fortunate and we're very grateful. I remember back then when I was a kid, not a lot of places were open yet. They start to open, I would say, around, like you said, 4.30, depending on 5 o'clock. But now almost everybody's open because they understand the culture, the tourism culture in Morocco has changed. But the hospitality of the people is still the same. And that's the reason why people go to Morocco the first time with a different mind and they live with a completely different mind, completely different paradigm. Everybody who goes to Morocco, most of them, they go back. They go back because of hosts and Riyadh owners and bazaar owners, just like you, Xavier, because you do an amazing job being an ambassador to Morocco. So people, whatever they see, whatever they hear, now when they meet you, they meet your son, they meet the people in the kitchen, they get your food, they stay at your Riyadh, then everything that they have heard in the past now is different. And I really miss it. Sometimes I do go to Morocco in those holidays because I miss that culture and I miss being around the people, my friends, my family, and so forth. So I absolutely agree with you. If you are visiting Morocco in Ramadan, please take advantage. The food, I can speak, like you said, for months and it's, you have to taste it. You have to taste it. And I, people tell me, how do you explain? I said, it's, it's really like, for example, in the US, it's the equivalent to a Thanksgiving dinner, of course, without the turkey, but it's a catering event. Every night is different. Every night, the menu is different. You have some stables on the table that are the same, but the other stuff is changed. For example, Xavier with the seafood. So you'll have different seafood dishes every night because you can't really eat the same food for 30 days. So yeah, you'll have the harira because it's a pillar of, you know, then shebekia, then brewat, then so forth, all those pastries. But then you have something different every night. So that's what makes it really, really, really special and difficult at the same time. So, Yes, yes, it's true. And uh, I think it's uh, very important because here the foreign people now in Ramadan in Morocco, all is open and you can eat. Okay, it's for respect. Maybe it's not uh, nice to go with a sandwich in the streets. But also if you eat a sandwich in the streets, you are foreign and the people don't say you nothing because they understand you are not Muslim and you can eat and I am Muslim and I can't eat. They are very, very tolerant for that. Do you do any special iftar for Ramadan, Xavier? Yes, we add for the menus, the special things in Ramadan, the egg, the shpakia, ah. and the briwat, oh my obligatory, and the minti. This is for the staff. Okay? And then we have always a very nice tagine, or chicken, or beef, or have some fish, a lot of fish. Here in Sawira, in Ramadan, the Swedish people like a lot the fish. 
every day we had some things of fish. Absolutely. And then you have also the briwats, very typical of this season. Pastilla, pastilla. Oh, I love pastilla. Oh my goodness. Yeah, fish Fish pastilla pastilla is my favorite. Mm. My God. Yes. Oh, I love it. And then, of Mm. course, the pastries also, of course. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the Moroccan food is just, it's uh, very diverse. And just like you said, each city is different. Like in Marrakesh, we get our seafood from Sawira. We get our seafood from Fes because they are maybe an hour and a half or so drive. And when I visit with my cousin, he always takes me. He drives and we go to Sawira, we go to Fes and we go to the fish market. And he knows people. The other thing that I speak about is in Morocco, you have to know somebody. And that's what makes it really, really good. Because otherwise, you may get some good quality every now and then, but you may pay a little bit extra for it. But when you know somebody... That's very, very important. And now I know you, Xavier. So uh, I know where to go uh, when it's time for me to go to Saura. I, I want to go. I absolutely want to stay at the Riyadh. I love it. I love it. I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the culture. And also you have two kitchens. You have a Moroccan dedicated kitchen to the Moroccan dishes. And then you have a Spanish kitchen, which is really unheard of to have two different kitchens at Riyadh. You're not staying at Riyad. You're really staying at your friend's house or at your parents' house or at your neighbor's house. That's what Riyadh Zahra is, really, more than anything else. And then you have the hospitality, the Moroccan hospitality, the Spanish hospitality. It's very diverse. It's just an incredible venue. And I really cannot wait to go to Morocco. And I cannot wait to see you in Morocco and visit you in Morocco. And we're going to have some nice chats and nice talks and definitely some good fish to eat. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. Thank you and welcome. Thank you, Xavier. So we are coming to the end of our episode. And um, first of all, I want to say thank you so much, Xavier. Uh, Muchas gracias. Merci beaucoup. (laughs) Thank you. Shukran. And for the guests, people that are traveling, either a solo traveler, female traveler, people that are just a couple, maybe a small family, and they want to book Riyadh Zahra, how can they get in touch with you? They can touch me by email, by WhatsApp. Now you have all the systems open. Facebook okay. also, Instagram. I have all that information. And also I will link it to the episode on the show notes. But just in case, to get in touch with Xavier, the email is riyadzahra at gmail.com. And that's uh, Riyad, R-I-A-D, Zahra, Z-A-H-R-A at gmail.com. And then you can reach him out on WhatsApp. It's Plus two one two six six one nine zero five seven two two. Yes, that's exactly what I had. Yes. Anything else? Any last words that you want to say, please, Xavier? The table is yours. No, I'm very happy to be here and to explain all the things of this country because I think they have a lot of possibilities. I can to say to everyone: come here and discover Morocco, and you will be back. Absolutely, sure. I totally agree. Absolutely, absolutely. I am so excited to announce that I will be organizing a tour to Morocco, a 10-day tour from July 17th through July 26th based on Jewish heritage. We're going to do a lot of Jewish sites and the most popular sites as well in Morocco. What's going to be included is nine nights accommodations of either Riyadh or hotels, either four-star or five-star hotels, Breakfast and dinner are included, round trip, transportation to pick you up from the airport and take you back to the airport are included as well. 
the pickups are going to be from Casablanca Airport and the drop-offs are at Casablanca Airport as well. And all the entrances, fees and museums are included. For example, Hassan II Mosque, Casablanca, Museum of Moroccan Judaism, Casablanca, Shella Rabat, Royal Stables in Meknes, Darjmey in Meknes, Madrasa Bonania, Meknes, Volubilis, the Roman city, Bata Museum, Fes, Majorel Garden in Marrakesh, Bahia Palace in Marrakesh. You're also going to have your car and driver and a tour guide that's going to be accompanying you in Rabat, Casablanca, Volubilis, Fes, and Marrakesh. I'm so excited for this tour. This is going to be amazing. Seating is limited, so make your booking. At least put your deposit down as early as possible. That way we can lock down all those hotels and riyads. And it's going to be a lot of fun. This 10-day tour, the rate is going to be $2,800 per person. And those rates are only for podcast listeners. If this was, for example, a public rate, it would have been a little bit Well, actually, a lot more higher. So this is a special just from us to say thank you to the listeners. We really, really appreciate you. I'm looking forward to it. And if you have any questions, please reach out to me. Text, email, through social media. My cell phone is 713-480-8833. And the best way for me really just text me. I check my phone 24-7. And I can't wait. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us this week on the Destination Morocco podcast. Our dedicated show website, destinationmoroccopodcast.com, is where you can find all of our episodes, leave a review, find our social media links, and even register as a guest. If you have been to Morocco yourself and would love to share a story, advice, or recommendations, you're welcome to participate in our podcast. Whether it's a five-minute story or a full conversation, we will guide you through the steps so that you can share your experience with our listeners. We will be back soon enough with a new episode for you as we continue our exploration of the beautiful country of Morocco. See you then. You have traveled the world, but Morocco's allure beckons you. Destination Morocco is here to create the perfect once-in-a-lifetime Moroccan journey, tailored exclusively to your desires. Let us craft an itinerary that unlocks the secrets of this mesmerizing land just for you. For a luxurious, bespoke Moroccan adventure of a lifetime, visit destinationsmorocco.com. That's destinations with an S, morocco.com. And let us turn your dreams into reality. Your amazing Moroccan experience awaits.